Welcome to the podcast arm of the redeemed Christian Church of God, Peculiar People's Parish, based in Regina, Canada. Our mandate is pursuing his purpose, pronouncing his power, and proclaiming his praise. You can subscribe to our podcast channel today, so you never miss an episode of our podcasts. Be blessed by this teaching. We first of all need to identify what that means to you. Then we now go back into God's word and find out what does that mean, right? So that's what we're starting first with God's way. We can flip to the next slide for me. Thank you. I have it behind me. I don't have it in front of me. So God's way. So like I said, we're Bible studying today. If you didn't come with your Bible, hopefully you have your phone. You can download the app or go to Google. There's a Bible there also. So 3 John 1 and 2 is where we want to start. And Pastor declared it from the pulpit today. So I'm guessing we all know it. 3 John 1 and 2. 3 John 1 verse 2. Any proud Bible scholar? You guys read in Bible study. You can, you can read out at me. I won't be offended, I promise. Anybody who wants to read can take it or if they've projected it or anything. You know, yeah. Okay. Um, two. Verse two. Thank you. Thank you. It says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou may prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospers. So we believe that all scripture is God-inspired, yes? Yep, okay. I I want to make sure we are starting from the same place. And we believe that whoever was speaking was speaking on behalf of the desire that God had for us, yes? So God is saying that his desire above all things is that we do what? That we prosper. Did he stop there? And be in health as what? Our soul. So God identified three phases, three places that he intends us to prosper. And pastor says something fantastic. Now when we think of wealth, we always think about money. If you have money and no health, right? Um, Ecclesiastes says that if God has blessed you to have wealth and to enjoy it, you are truly blessed. So financial freedom really for you must include the ability to enjoy whatever it is God has blessed you with. Because God chose three areas. He said he wants your soul to prosper, your thinking, right? He wants your body to prosper. And he wants everything else around you to prosper. So God has identified for us three areas that he does want us to prosper. All right? And then if we go to 1 Peter 2.9. He then identified that there is his own way. He says, behold, you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation that you should show forth the praises of him. So in other words, when those three areas in our life are walking in unison, what are we doing? We are showing forth the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. So God's desire for our prosperity is to do what? To show his glory. Anybody ever sang or prayed, God, I want to live for your glory. God, show your glory through me. That's what he's talking about. Where every area in your life is doing well because he has called you out of darkness 
into his marvelous light. So that means there is a way that he has ordained or he wants you to have your prosperity in the way of the marvelous light, right? Like I told you, we're doing Bible study today at church. They know I make them dig the Bible a lot. So Colossians 1.13, let's go there. So there is the kingdom way and there is the earth way. Sir, can you start from 12 for me? if I didn't upset your system by making you go back to 12. It says, giving thanks unto the Father who has made us meet. Sir, can I have NIV or message? You know, King James is for old English. My English didn't used to work that way. So <laughs> NIV will be helpful. It says, giving thank you. Um, thank you. Thank him, the Father who has made us strong enough to take part in everything bright and beautiful that he has for us. Think about that. He said everything bright and beautiful that he has for us. So God has for us. Verse 13. Thank you. He says God rescued us from dead end alleys and dark dungeons. He has set us into the kingdom of the son that he loves so much. So we all agree we live in Canada. Anybody not sure where we live in? However, did you know that positionally you are positioned in the kingdom of God? So the system really that we should operate from, the system of Canada or the system of the kingdom of God? The system of the kingdom of God, and I will explain to you why. Because God said he took us out of darkness. We saw that in, in 1 Peter 2 and put us into the kingdom of his dear son. And Jesus, at the beginning, introduced this kingdom to us. Or actually, John started it. So let's go to Matthew 4, 17. And see how the kingdom was introduced to us. Matthew 4, 17. Like I said, hey, everybody, you have a Bible. You can jump and shout at me. I read it if it's not up. It's Bible study. You got to open your Bibles. Don't close it up. Pastor, sorry, are they allowed to read out loud? You know, feel free. If you have it, read. Read it. Okay. Okay, so this Isaiah prophesied sermon came to life in Galilee. The moment Jesus started preaching, he picked up where John left up and says, change your life. God's kingdom is here. There's another translation that said, change your mind. God's kingdom is here. The next one we're going to look is still saying the same thing. Matthew 6.10. Matthew 6.10. Thank you. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So Jesus first of all said, change your mind. The kingdom of God is where? Is here. He now said, whenever you are praying, I want you to keep praying that his kingdom come so not, and his will be done on earth. Who is on earth? Who is in heaven? So God is saying, the way I live and operate in heaven is the way I want you to live and operate here. And then we're going to Matthew 10, 7. Matthew 10, verse 7. Can hear Bibles moving. That is good. Shoot, 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 shoot. All right. 
He's taking me back to King James. Can you guys see that? And as you go, preach saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So in other words, the kingdom we operate in is the kingdom of God. And when Jesus came, he said the kingdom is here. There's another scripture that said that the kingdom is here. Even near you, where? In your heart. So the kingdom we are operating from is the kingdom of heaven. Now let's define a kingdom. Right? So a kingdom, I don't have my slides back. If you can put the slide back for a second, thank you. Like I said, we're preaching together. A kingdom is defined as a realm, thank you, under the rule or control of a monarchy that has a system and a rule. Who is God? Who is Jesus? Who is your king? 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 Because if you don't know who your king is, how would you operate in his kingdom? You must be sure without a shadow of a doubt who your king is and whose kingdom you are operating from. Yes, Queen Elizabeth is my queen in Canada, but the king that I operate under, the king who rules everything about me is Jesus, king of kings and lord of lords, right? So that is the kingdom we operate under, the kingdom of God, and we have our king, the Jesus, king of kings, who rules in the domain of men in heaven and on earth, right? And this kingdom has a way that it operates. Can you see the kingdom of God? Right? If we go to Matthew 6. Um, there was in Matthew 6. There's a scripture that says that, that the kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So the kingdom of God, if you break righteousness down, you know, many times we think righteousness is, you know, living holy, walking righteous. Pastor, I forgot my scarf, so I'm not righteous today. Forgive me. But, but righteousness, if you break it now, is a way of doing something that is right according to someone's standard. So if there are no standards, you cannot be righteous. Which is why God imputed his standard on us when we gave our life to Christ. So you didn't have to measure up. It was given to you. You've measured up. Right? The righteousness was given to us. Which is why the kingdom is in us. Which is why it says righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Well, that's why the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is the one that seals us and seals our salvation. So if we've, if we've appreciated that we belong to a kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, we have a king, the king of kings, and we operate in that kingdom, and that that kingdom is spiritual, who are you in this kingdom? Do you know who you are in the kingdom? Let's take a look at that. If I have the slide, the next one. Thank you. So who are you in the kingdom? First of all, we said the kingdom of God is spiritual. People, you are spiritual. 
Do you know that? I'm nodding my head so you can nod even if you don't know, you just nod. Right? The kingdom of God is first of all spiritual. And you are a spirit being. So if we go to Genesis 1, um, I didn't have that one down, so we're going to find it together. Genesis 1, I think it was 26. Genesis 1, 26. Yes. Genesis 1, 26. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Read it. Dominion. You did fantastic. Thank you so much. Can you give him a round of applause for me? Thank you. Thank you. So God said, when man was made, he said, let us make man how? Right? So, Pastor Shaba, you know you look like God. God is very handsome, very dashing, just like you black, you know. <laughs> okay? So, you know... Many times growing up, I used to think that that meant I physically looked like God, right? However, the more I started studying and growing, I realized actually he made me the way he was. Can I get three volunteers? Yes, come. Three, three. Yes, come. Yes, come. All my friends are here. We're going to preach together for a little bit. Okay, let's stand in, in order of our heights just because I like it that way. Okay. All right. So if you read Genesis in the beginning, in the beginning the Bible introduced us to someone, the Holy Spirit. I want you to just walk around for a little bit. Walk around the two of them. The Bible says at the beginning the Holy Spirit hovered over the waters. So the first person we are introduced to is God the Spirit. Right? And they keep walking around. I'll tell you when to stop. And then as God the Spirit was walking over, God the Word, step out, said, and God said, let there be light. And God the Word started speaking what God the Spirit had already gone to give birth to, first of all. And God the Father was the engine behind it all, operating Thank you so much. So when God said, let us make us in our image, he made us to be tripartite like he is. Three person in one. So you are a spirit being who has a soul and you live in this body. Our body enables us the right to live on earth. The minute you lose your body, you lose the right to live on the earth, which is why angels cannot live on the earth. 
nor demons live on the earth, which is why each of them needs a body in order to be able to operate on the earth because he gave you and I dominion on the earth to take control of everything on the earth because he made us from dust. So we control the earth, but we are first spirit like him so that we are connected to him, which is why when we get saved, it is our spirit that is saved. Can I get my three friends again? Come on up. It is our spirit that is first of all saved, not our body, right? So I get my three friends again. Just, you know, you're, you're taller than them. You see me taller than me, wow. All right. So she's, the, now this is the human body, right? We talked about God. This is the human body. This is the spirit. This is the soul. This is the body. If you started thinking about cake, right, and you were, well, not cake, maybe you guys don't like cake, jollof rice. Say thinking about jollof rice and you were hungry, what would your body do? Your body would react and go look for jollof rice. So really, your soul, the thinking part of you, is what controls your body and makes your body do whatever it wants. When we died at the, the, the point of sin, this person died to God and had no connection, was living here but could not really control this person because this person was so strong connected to the flesh. When the spirit of God came and overshadowed this person, the spirit of God through your spirit was trying to take control of your spirit in order to take control of your body. That the kingdom of God may begin to control who we are. Right? So, pastor says something critical. If your soul is not transformed, you are missing the ability of heaven to control your earth. So the transformation of wealth that God has given us in his spirit must come by the spirit transforming our mind so that our body starts to operate under the system of the kingdom that is within us. Thank you, ladies. I love you so much. Thank you. So that is who you are. You are a spirit being, which is why 3 John, um, if we can go to 3 John 1, 2, I think we read it before. What God desires of us, right? So you are a spirit. You must always remember to tap into the spirit of God on the inside of you. Not to always be controlled by the body, which is why the Bible says that we must die to this flesh. And the other man may come alive, the spirit on the inside of God. You are also sons of God. If you can put the slide back for a little bit. Thank you so much, sir. You are also, we, we identify that you are like God, spirit, soul, and body. And you want the Holy Spirit to begin to control your spirit enough that the Holy Spirit, by your spirit, can take control of your mind. So that you become a spirit-thinking person. For a lot of years, I used to pray, Holy Spirit, take control of the reins of my heart. So that it's not just me controlling me, but I allow the Holy Spirit to lead me through my mind. So we are also sons of God. Romans 8 verse 12. We're going to do a little bit of reading from Romans 8 for the next section. So um, if we can go there together. Romans 8 verse 12. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, we worship you. Thank you for your presence. It says, thank you. 
Yes. Yes. Keep going, sir. And I'll tell you, I said we're going to read for you for a while. Yes. Right, thank you, sir. We'll, we'll preach together, so just stay standing. God bless you, sir. Right, which, which confirms what we were talking about there for a little bit. That if we continue to live by what our body wants, I want, I want, you know, for those who have little kids, mommy, I want, I want, I want. If we continue to live by just what our body wants and are not controlled by what the spirit wants, the Bible says that we will what? We will die. Verse 14, sir. You see why we need to be led by the Spirit? You see why it's important for that Spirit overshadowing our spirit is important? It says, until you are led by the Spirit from the inside, you will become the sons of God. I know you're, you're thinking I'm coming to talk to you about money. Why are we talking about the kingdom? If you don't understand the kingdom, you will not understand wealth. Or you don't understand its place in your life. Or how you operate in it. So you must first of all know who you are. To know what you have. Right? Thank you, sir. Keep reading for me, sir. Yes. Abba, Father. Yes. Yes. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. You can stop for a minute. You know we're preaching together. My, my turn now. Thank you. God bless you, right? So we are sons of God, birthed by adoption in the Holy Spirit, which is why, you see, when Christ came and died, Christ could not come and die as a spirit being. He had to come and die as a man, to have authority on the earth to die, which was why his seed had to be pure, so that when we come into Christ, we come into the purity of God by the Spirit. And then we are brought to life. We are brought into adoption. So you are a son of God. You are a child of God. As you walk on the earth, you are not ordinary. Yes, your mother's name may be Shaba, or your mother's name may be Umar, your father's name may be Umar. You are Umar, God. You are Shaba, God. You are Oyelami, God. Whoever you are, you are God. Because you are a son of God, right? And it says we are also heirs of God. Do you know what it means to be a heir of something? Pastor. No, it's Bible study. What does it mean to be a heir of something? You own something that somebody else fought for. <laughs> You didn't fight for it. You didn't build it. You didn't buy it. Somebody fought for it and preserved it and gave it to you. You are a heir of God. I am a heir of the kingdom. And if his kingdom rules over heaven and earth, what is it that I need as a heir that has not been provided? That is why it's important for us, before we even talk about money, to know who we are. So you know how you relate with money. You are a heir. You own it. I am not trying to get it. You see, for a long time, I was trying. 
for a long time, I was hustling. And then one day I was so mad at God and I was doing all this and, and, and putting all this energy and nothing was happening. I was driving home, just coming from Regina. Pastor, remember those days now? Coming back from Regina, driving, I was so mad at God. And as I was driving now, he said, can I tell you about someone? I'm like, whatever, tell me. He was like, if I tell you, sorry, sit down, so I'll let you know when to stand up. I'm so sorry, I didn't realize we were still standing. And I said, tell me about the person. He said, if I describe this person, Tell me if you tell me that person is wealthy. I'm like, okay, whatever, describe the person. I said, this person is well-bred, schooled in two universities abroad, has a chartered certification, owns two homes, has three children, owns two cars, earn over about a hundred and something thousand a year as family income. I'm like, God, that person is well-to-do now. That person is doing good. And I said, I'm talking about you. And I parked the car on the highway. And realized that for a long time, I was stuck in a past that told me I was average and ordinary. And I missed the blessing God had given me because I didn't know who I was. Who are you? Where are you stuck in that you have not received who God has made you and you are still sitting in the past of who you are and he says you are a heir of a kingdom. You are a son of God. You are a heir of the kingdom that owns the God that owns cattle on a thousand hills. He said if I'm hungry I don't need to even tell you. He said the gold and the silver is mine. That is what you are heir of. You are a heir of salvation. Salvation means everything that pertains to life and godliness. That is who you are. That is my attention to tell you today. Say, wake up to who you are and stop trying to be who you are. And from that day on, I started telling myself, I am abundant and wealthy. Because that's who my father says I am. Right? You are a heir of God. So if you keep reading my, my preacher colleague from verse 17. Thank you. If indeed we suffer with him. So he came down and passed through a process to enter into that adoption so that we can pass through that process through. You see, I, I, many times people ask me, ah, but Elon Musk is not a heir of the kingdom and he's wealthy. Madam, what do you mean? I say yes, but it's not God's way. I'm not saying what he's doing is bad. I'm simply saying there is God's way for you. Because you chose his kingdom. Right? I'm not saying there's anything wrong in what he did. Because the reality is, you will or you can do the things he's done. God simply has a way he wants you to do it. Jesus could have still become king without dying on the cross. But there was a way that God wanted that we may be able to enter into that glory. We're still talking about who we are. Then I'll start talking about money. Maybe you'll smile a little more. Right. So who we are, we are blessed. Ephesians 1, 3. Ephesians 1, 3. 
Ephesians 1, 3. Yes. Yes. Thank you, sir. You are blessed. With what kind of blessing? That's, that's why your life is average now. It's only spiritual. God didn't talk about every financial blessing. But we missed the point that everything started where? In the spirit. The chair you seated on started in the spirit, in someone's mind. It was a thought that crossed somebody's mind. Yes? Money is simply us exchanging our desires, our thoughts for something. So, if God said he has blessed us with all, heaven, with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, we should start having a dance when we have problems. Because we can simply do what? Pluck them, tap into heavenly places for the answers we need. But many times the reason is we don't know how to access it, innit? If I go British on you for a second there. So let's go to Deuteronomy 8, 16 to 18. Still talking about the fact that you are blessed. Deuteronomy, remember I said it's Bible study, so I'm going to make you study. If you haven't opened your Bible this much, Sorry. Deuteronomy 8, 16 to 18. It is he that gives us power to get wealth. Do we know what that power is? Grace. It says, by grace are we what? By grace are we what? He said, it is of grace that none of us may. Which is why he says, he gives, sir, read that for me again, that he may uh, it says that I will may confirm his covenant. He is the one who gives us power to get wealth. So if there is a need, where are we supposed to be going to? I think we have to start this from the beginning. If you have a need in your life, where are you supposed to be going to? To ask for what? Insight. Power. Many times we're asking God, God, give me bread. And God said, I want to give you power. The ability to continue to make that bread, right? When I was in Nigeria, I, I, I schooled in, in, in um, was it Polybado? I, I schooled in Polybado at Lagos Polytechnic. And one of them, their motto was, um, give a man fish. And you haven't helped him, but teach him how to fish. In other words, empower him. And you have changed his life forever. So God was saying, I don't just want to give you handouts. You know, sometimes as Christians, we're always looking for God's handouts. God bless me now. Give me this money. God says, no, I want to empower you. Because you are somebody of power. And then, Ecclesiastes 5 18 and 19, my, my friend the reader. 
while he's getting there. So remember, you are a son of God. You are a heir of this kingdom. And you are blessed. You are empowered to prosper. God has given you every spiritual blessing. Whatever you need. It is spiritual. It is the heavenly places. And it is available to you. Thank you, sir. Mm. It is your heritage. <laughs> it is given to you. So I want you to begin to think of yourself as a joint owner of this kingdom, the heavenly kingdom with God, and you have access to tap into it for his purpose, for whatever he needs you to do with it. So the question you may be asking, because the question I started asking was, well, how do we receive these spiritual blessings? Right? Don't you people want it on the earth? <laughs> yeah, I mean, receiving it on the earth. I don't know about you, right? So if you, if you take, switch to the slides again. Thank you, sir. Yeah, so thank you for making it bigger. So we're going to talk about quickly operating in the kingdom. How the kingdom operates God's way. So we've talked, first of all, about knowing who you are. You can't operate in a kingdom that you don't know or that you don't know your position in there, right? So are we okay with our position in the kingdom? Yes, good. So we know who we are. And then we then need to know that God knows what you need. Do you know that God knows what you need? Yes? For some of us who are not sure, my, my brother, the preacher, that's why we're preaching together. He knows that. Let's go to Matthew 6, 24 to 33. God knows what you need before you even needed it. Matthew 6, 24 to 33. Thank you. Thank you, man. Just pause a moment. Are you not of more value than them? In other words, your father knows you need them. The bird is not even crying or asking, and God is providing. Later on, she's going to talk about the, the, the flowers in the field that nobody even sees. And God still beautifies them. He says he knows what you need. And he cares enough about you. We're going to keep on reading it in a, in a minute. If you go back to the slide for me, sir. Sorry, you know we're preaching together. Right? He says he knows what we need. However, he wants us to do what? Seek him first. Which is why he said in verse 24 that you cannot serve me and serve money. Right? And many times people used to take that to mean I shouldn't work hard for money. I shouldn't acquire to be wealthy. No. He says, who are you serving? So first of all, who has your attention? 
There's a song I love so much. It says, God, you have my attention. You have my devotion. Who has your attention? Do you wake up in the morning, oh, this deal I have to close, that deal? I, I used to wake up thinking about that, you know, about that. He used to remember. <laughs> Always waking up thinking about this deal, this next thing I wanted to do, and my devotion was not on him. It is who has your devotion, who has your attention. When you wake up, who do you serve first? Even when you are doing that job, who are you walking on to? Bible says we should do everything we do as unto who? As unto God. Right? Think about Joseph, a, ser a servant person, but they call him prosperous. A servant, prosperous, because he knew who he was serving. Right? God knows that we need it, and he needs us to seek him first. Um, Matthew, if, you, if you read verse 33, my lady that is reading, just jump to 33. It says, seek ye first. All these things will be added unto you. For a long time, because I wasn't sure that God knew what I needed, I thought I had to always be seeking those things first until I came to an assurance. And I would love you to get there without a shadow of a doubt that God knows what you need. So if you seek him for who he is, he will give to you everything that you need. He said all those things will be added unto you. I need you to trust him. He's trustworthy. The wealth you are looking for, he wants you to have it more than you want to have it. Right? The abundance you want, he wants you to have it more than you have it. And then next thing, if you go back to the slide, he wants us to follow his way of doing things. There is a kingdom way, people. And can I shock you? <laughs> That's why we're preaching together. When you read all the self-help books out there, they're all based on Bible principles. Sir. All of them. All based on Bible principles. And one day I sat down weeping. And I was telling my husband, but it was all in the Bible. I didn't believe it. I had to spend money. You know, he, he laughed at me. I went to go and pay for a coach. He said, if you just listen to me and listen to God, you won't need this coach. I said, bro, let me see borrow this coach first. And everything they are telling me, it was in the Bible. Everything, everything they have used in the world to get wealthy, they took it from here and simply changed who they were using it to serve. So who are we using it to serve? Everything we need is there. And we are heads of this kingdom. If we can just take what he has given and start to use it for his glory, be willing to do it his way. Hallelujah. So he said he wants us to follow his way and all things will follow. So if you can take us to the next slide. So now, how do we receive it? Right? Thank you. So I've talked about trusting God. I cannot tell you enough how I need you to trust God. Certain things started changing in, my, in, in our lives, in my life, when I was truly able to, you know when the Bible was talking about entering into a rest? 
I didn't understand what he meant. That you start a journey knowing that I'm already at the end. I trust that God has already taken me to the end. Right? So I need you to trust God. Next, I need you to have faith. Right? The Bible says in Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith is the, ev- yeah, stop, yeah, go on, take it, girl. So it says faith is the substance. Faith is what gives validity to what you are hoping for. If you, if you have it, you are not hoping anymore. Right? If you have it, it's not unseen anymore. So in other words, faith is a currency that I take to the spiritual to use to exchange what the spiritual has given me. So every time you need to tap into what the spiritual has done, you trust God and then you come by faith. So how does that happen? In Romans 4, 14 to 17, it says we should begin to call, Abraham called those things that be not, as though they were. Let's go there. Romans 4, 14 to 17. For if... Yes. Keep going. Thank you, 16. Yes. So that the promise might be sure to all the seed. He said... So that you and I do not have to wait to fulfill the law. So that the promise of God to Abraham can be available to all of us. It was of faith so that all of us can have access to it. Thank you. It says, not to that only which is of the law, but of that that, has, that is willing to have the faith of Abraham to see something before it comes to birth. Who is the father of us? Verse 17. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him who he, he, whom he believed, even God, who quickens the dead and call those things that be not as though they were. And let me show you how God began to transform Abraham. If you go to Abraham, uh, Genesis 13, 14 to 18. So God had been telling him, I'm taking you somewhere. I'm making you wealthy. I've got this promise for you. Then one day God came and said, Look at the sand on the sea. If you can count it, that's where I'm taking you. Look at the stars in the sky. God was teaching him another level of faith. Faith must see. If you want to step into wealth, you need to begin to see. Which is why I started by asking you, what does it mean to you? If you don't know what it means to you, what are you trying to see? There's a scripture that says God will do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we can ever ask. And as Christians, we stop at asking. I have asked God he didn't do. He said that you can think or imagine. Are you imagining it? After you finish praying, have you sat down and started creating in your mind? 
the possibilities, the wealth, whatever it is you are asking God for. Can you see it in your mind? If you close your mind, can you experience it? That's what God did to Abraham. That's what he's asking us to do in order to tap into the wealth that is there. We have to see it. So every time Abraham was walking in the desert, sir, and seeing stand, he said, that's how my generations will be. Every time he woke up in the night, they didn't have houses, they had tents, and he looked at the sky. That's how my generations could be. So he could begin to see what God was giving him. Your faith must begin to see. Not only ask, because God said he would do what you are asking and what you are imagining. And he will do exceedingly, abundantly above. So I want you to encourage you to become faith people like your father Abraham. And begin to ask, think of what it is that you desire. Begin to imagine it. You see, like I told you, they, they, all the self-help books got it from the Bible. Think and grow rich said, the desire must become, he called it white hot heat. In other words, you have thought of it so much that you can imagine yourself in it. You are, your body is experiencing that place that you intend to be. God will do exceedingly abundantly above. <laughs> Hallelujah. So your faith must see. Next in obedience, people, obedience is critical. Obedience is what? Obedience is critical. It is critical obedience to the word of God. It is critical obedience to the instruction he gave you and I. Right? He says if you are willing and obedient, Isaiah 1.19. If you are willing, if you are obedient, you will eat the good of the land. You see, God is the God that wants to give you knowledge of witty inventions. Did you read that in your Bible? It's there. God wants to give you ability to create things. People, if you read the history of all the people that created lights, all these things we're enjoying, they were believers, though. I don't know who has lied to us. They were believers. This popcorn that we are eating, it was a believer whose farm was about to be, whose farm had been destroyed, and all he had left was the corn. And God gave him the ideas, all sorts of things. He was. People, God, his wisdom, as we obey him, wants to give us knowledge of witty inventions. But he won't give us if we are not listening. It's not going to come to your flesh. It will come from your spirit to your mind. So we must allow that connection, right? So take home assignment for you, Exodus 19, 4 to 6. If you are not writing, write. If you don't have a book, your phone can write something down. I promise you there's something called notes in your phone. You can write something down. Exodus 19, 4 to 6. John 15, verse 7, right? And if you look at the story of, I had mentioned it, Elijah and the widow woman. Elijah came to her and said, you know, feed me. And she said, sir, I have nothing but this little thing. Elijah, um, 1 Kings 17, 12 to 16, and I'm going to eat it and die. And he said, that's okay. But first of all, make me something, right? And you and your kids will, and your kid will be well. Did she have to obey him? Some of us who know I obeyed him. And I used to be one of them. My husband used to say, you can be stubborn, I'm about to, this is the only food me and my son will eat. But she trusted God enough 
trusted his prophet enough to obey the instruction. And the next thing, she was a sower. If you can bring that slide back up again. She was a sower. Her seed gave her her miracle. What seed are we eating? Which the future that we are eating because we are unwilling to sow. Right? Uh, they say don't pay your tithe. The pastor wants to eat it. Pastor Shaba doesn't need your tithe. I promise you. Neither does God. He will make it happen. But it is your seed. It is your assurance of something you are asking for. Even in self-help books, they say if you want something, you give it. You want wealth, you don't have, give the one you have first. At your level, give your five dollars. Give it. Okay, you don't want to give it in church. It's okay. See somebody with a need outside. Give. You go to a shop, just buy something for the next person there. The shock in the person's face, that blessing, God will bless you back. We must start to be sowers. The Bible says, sow today in the morning, sow in the night. In other words, sow in the church, sow on the road. You don't know which seed will be blessed. Right? So that's the next way to tap into it. And I've talked about the kingdom and stewardship. Please remember, if we go back to um, um, Exodus 8, where he was saying, he's the one that gives us the power to get wealth. He says, when you get there, when I give it to you, remember it was for me. We are stewards of the kingdom. As God takes you into the wealth, church, God is taking you into this wealth and abundance. That's why pastor is bringing these messages to you. I need us to be stewards. Let God trust you with this wealth. That you will use it for his glory. People say wealth makes you bad. I say no, wealth just reveals what is in you. Which is why, first of all, God tries to renew your mind. So that when the money comes, you're already a new person. You don't just transform. Madame, first of all, thought you were a cool husband. She didn't know that the money had not reached your hand. Now that the money has reached your hand, you are just going everywhere and girls are not sought. But if God can, first of all, transform your mind, the money comes. And Madame is still a babe, right? Because, you know, God has transformed your mind. Those who know what I'm saying know what I'm saying. All right, so back to my slide, and we're wrapping up the last five minutes. How does it operate in Canada? So we know whose kingdom we belong to. We have talked about how to tap into it. Now, how do we use it in the system that we are in in Canada? So the first thing you want to always do here is pay yourself first. All right, so pay yourself first. Avoid the credit trap. Adjust your lifestyle. Give to Caesar. Leave an inheritance. The next slide, sir. So pay yourself first. Oh no, skip this one. You can skip this. That was my notes. You weren't supposed to show it. <laughs> Thank you. So pay yourself first. All right. Next, next one. I have something to tell them there. Okay. Who is bold enough to tell me how much they earn? I don't know if I shy. If I Google it, I will find out. Thank you. So she earns 60000 a year. Now, if she continues, you won't continue. Your income will increase. So, 
Imagine she has been earning that 60000 a year for the last 10 years. So we take that 60000 and multiply it by 10. It tells us how much wealth has passed through her hands. Then we now take that and then take the amount of savings that you have and divide it by the amount of wealth that has passed through your hands. It tells us what percentage of your earnings you have kept. Many of us, no one has taught us that we must keep something first. We pay everybody else. We pay the government. We pay our bills. We don't pay ourselves. You will need to pay yourself one day. Because sometimes something called recession happens. If you have not paid yourself an emergency fund, three to six months of your salary, when the, when the, when the recession happens, then we start to shake. That was sir, what God taught Joseph to teach Egypt. He said, take 20% of everything we make and keep it. If you can't keep 20, keep five. Keep something. The next thing that's going to happen to us is retirement. You see, don't take me wrong. I studied insurance. I sell insurance. But the reality is only 10% of us will die early. The remaining 90 will live long. You must have insurance, so, you know, pastor, I've told them. But you must have a retirement. Because most of us will get there. What kind do you want? If we eat it all today... There's no work in that time. Unless you are 70, I want to be working. You know, mama in Costco. I'll be mama in Walmart. Right? So we must save a percentage. Thank you, sir. You can take me back to the slide. We must pay ourselves first, right? And save a percentage of whatever we are, we are earning. Next, thank you. Next slide, sir. Next, we want to... So, like I said, these are three types of accounts you must make sure you have. An emergency fund. A short-term savings, so that if my husband wants to take my babe on holiday now, he's not taking plastic, fantastic, right? He has been saving for the holiday. Anyway, long-term savings for retirement. Next one. Next slide, sir. Thank you. Okay, and then we want to avoid the debt trap. Now, to be honest, I have found in my nine years working in Canada that most first-generation Nigerians don't carry a lot of debt. Unless you've lived here long enough, then you do. I will encourage you to continue that. One way that they trap us is saying, oh, you need a credit history, so you need to get two credit cards to get a credit history. I would like to announce to you, you don't need a credit card to get a credit history. If you pay your phone monthly contract, you're building history. Yep. If you are paying your bills regularly, your lights, and they're not reporting you, you're building history. If you must get a credit card, I will, after I help people pay their debt, I say, bring the credit card to an amount you can vex and pay. Right? It's not the volume of your credit card that gives you a credit history. It's how you pay it. Okay? So please, avoid the debt trap. And if you must get into debt, use the fixed one, not the one that is just open and revolving. Another thing, those people are bad, though. When they come to you, sir, you're a fantastic customer, Mr. Oshibogu. We're going to increase your credit limit from 500 to 5,000. Then they'll come next week, Mr. Shibogu, you're a fantastic customer. We're going to increase your credit limit to 20,000. They are evil. They are evil. Please reduce it. All right? Don't take it. Thank you. Next slide. 
So next line, while I'm waiting for them to go, we're talking about number three. Number three, I believe, was, yep, thank you. I, I've talked about that. Next one. Monitor your credit score. It's important. Adjust your lifestyle. Hmm. This is the new one I'm seeing. Start following the Joneses. You know the Joneses? Have you met the Joneses? The Joneses just bought a new car yesterday. The Joneses just came into Canada. Three months, they bought a new house. And then Madame goes to her husband. Husband! Didn't you see the Joneses? They just bought a new car. And we are still buying this uh, Tukureke inside Canada. Why? Let's go get a credit. It's only $200 per weekly. And we get a brand new car. Stop following the Joneses. Determine where you are going. You will get the new car. It's just a matter of time. You will get the home. Get it with a plan and with a strategy. Hi, go to daddy. <laughs> okay. You will get it in time, right? I, I remember this client I was working with who her neighbor just bought a house, her neighbor just bought a car, and she started bugging her husband. We must buy a house. We must move out of here. The man now came to me crying, Madam, come and help me tell her. How will we do it? So I called the woman, you need a house? Say yes. How much money do you people make? He said, eh, eh. And I, and I brought the story. He said, those neighbors, do you know how much they made that just bought a house? So I don't know. I said, the other one works in a bank. The, the wife works for city of Saskatoon. Where do you work? I'm a student. Where does your husband work? Nigeria. I said, madam, don't kill him now. <laughs> we are trying to measure ourselves to somebody else. My sister, that sister got it. You and that sister are not the same. That's why your names are different. Determine where you are going and adjust your lifestyle accordingly. Okay? Live in a budget. There are two ways to budget. You can count all your expenses. Or you can determine how much you want to spend. Remove your, ink, your, your savings and determine how much you want to spend. Next one, and I'm almost done. Okay, so you want to give unto Caesars. What is Caesars? Welcome to Canada. We pay taxes. If you make money, you pay taxes. When you invest, when your investment grows, you pay taxes. Not on the capital, right? I've heard some advisors tell people they will tax all your money. That's not true. It's only the capital, all right? So when they come and tell you that, tell them I said so with authority. It's only your capital that your, it's only your interest that is taxed, not your capital. Unless you put that money into what we call a tax-free savings account. Terrible name for a fantastic product. People think it's a savings account. It's a tax strategy. You use it to not pay money on that interest. If you put money in a tax-free savings account, whether it's stocks, whether it's bonds, you will never pay taxes on those money, and it is never considered as income. The RRSP, Registered Retirement Savings Plan, is also a great way to, to save. People tell you it's bad. It's not bad. Don't mind them. They just didn't know, right? And I'll quickly tell you. When you put money into the RRSP, the government gives you back the tax on the money you put inside, and their intention is for you to invest that money so don't chop it, because they will collect it in the future. However, when they collect it in the future, your income has gone down. So you will pay it at a lower tax rate. So it is a great way to accumulate money without paying taxes on it. All right, so make sure you invest. Right? And there are different ways to invest. Th those conversations are too deep for us to even go into today. 
Thank you, sir. Next, next slide. All right? So I just talk about which is better. Clients come and ask me, Ma, which one is better for me? My friend has an IRSP. Give me an IRSP. I say, you and your friend are not the same. Don't be the Joneses, right? You need to determine which is best for you. We typically say if your income is less than 50000 it may be advisable to use a TFSA first because your income is not high enough to generate enough tax refund. Once you go over fifty, it may be better. If you're self-employed like myself, an IRSP may not always be best, a TFSA may be. So always ask for advice. Don't just follow. Next slide, please. What your friend is doing. All right? So leave an inheritance. My last one, right? In... in I have heard advisors tell people to, to buy insurance to pay inheritance tax. We don't have it in Canada. In the UK, Nigeria, we do, but we do not have inheritance tax in Canada. So if you have buy life insurance, buy it so that, God forbid, you pass away, you can leave your family something, but give them something else to inherit, right? Uh, we have what we call probate, that you will pay a final tax, not an inheritance tax, and you will pay probate. So there are different things you can leave, land, property, investment. Also, if you give gifts in Canada, it is not taxable. So please, give gifts, all right? If you want to leave your children something, give them gifts. You can also create investment trust. Thank you. Last slide, and I believe we're done. You can do it. It is possible. Just get a simple plan, follow it. Be patient with the process. Last one. And I believe that is any questions. That is my name, my number. I gave you my personal email on my work one, so I know you are from PPP. And feel free to contact me with any questions. Thank you so much, Pastor. It was an honor. Thank you. Thank you so much, everybody. Praise the Lord. We hope you were blessed by that teaching. For further inquiries, please visit our website, www.rccgppp.org. You can also check us on Facebook and on YouTube at rccgpppsk, on Instagram and Twitter at rccgppp. If you are within the city of Regina, Canada, you can join us in person at 1771 Bond Street, S4N, 1X7 for a refreshing time in God's presence.